Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion. It's a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, you've got to get out of here. you going to hop on a plane. i got to hop on a plane. Jet plane. going to hop on a jet plane. No, no. Well, yeah. Yeah. Not like private jet plane. No, I didn't say that. Just want to make sure you're yeah. not believing I'm going in. No. No, it's just I'm, a prop I'm, I'm, plane. You know, no, no, no. no, not a propeller. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no. no. Oh, had a good service today. Two services. Our missionary family is back to testifying. That That's was good. Right. That was good. That was nice to see him. We, uh, yeah, what else? What else we do? Well, uh, we worshiped. We did. We worshiped in spirit and in truth. That's right. That's and right. We did that. And, oh, I was going to ask you. Oh, here we go. Did you hear about that old man that beat up that lady in California? No. So there's this guy, he's like 60-something. Mm-hmm. He's driving this like big truck. Okay. He's trying to parallel park. Okay. And- uh, Oh, don't what? do this. No, I'm just telling you. No, so, like, don't do So like there's a little fender bender. And then when he got out and lady got out, I don't know if there were words exchange or whatever, but apparently, apparently, mm. allegedly, mm. Uh, he assaulted her. And she had to go to the hospital with serious injuries. Mm, I'm I'm staying out of this. And um, you get no banter from me. Oh, I'm, I'm not looking for banter. I was just I was letting you know. It was, like, mm. it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know what's? You know, I'm glad you threw out allegedly. Yeah. I want that oh, very yeah. clear. Yeah. I'm just telling you what the newspaper says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, well, newspaper. I didn't read no, the newspaper. multiple newspapers. I didn't read that. Yeah, news channels on TV. Oh, it's yes, been. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I did not go searching no, for this. It's been. Well, I didn't. I didn't have to, because Julie Royce does it for me. Uh, she. <laughs> Yeah, so James McDonald, I'm sure all of our listeners know. James McDonald allegedly beat up a 59-year-old woman. I, <laughs> I don't know. No idea. I wasn't there. I wasn't there. I wasn't there, but I mean, he was arrested, charged, and he is being prosecuted by the DA, so. Okay. I know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't mean he's in, doesn't mean he's, he's, he's guilty. I know. I know. He might, he might be totally innocent. Mm-hmm. You know what bothers me about, you know, there's a, there's a new thing that really bothers me about James McDonald. It, oh. it really really bothers this is a new thing this is, this is new all right and ahead. i've been sitting on it i haven't been saying it okay oh i he's stealing my look what because <laughs> first of all he's had that look for a while no, no no he had a goatee he had like a lipless goatee thing going on forever and the cheesy mm. youth pastor goatee for debt he but i had the beard and he'd be like man this is the best beard of the week i'm gonna put it on twitter all that stuff like he mm-hmm. okay now I don't know. He's like trying to put on a tough guy persona or something. He he's like wearing the biker coats, but he's not got a gray beard and sunglasses. Bro, I'm gonna show you a picture. Mm. That's that's his. I don't want to look like James McDonald. No, but he's got. I know, I know. In that picture, he doesn't have a mustache. Yeah, yeah. I still don't like it. It makes me uneasy. So now, it's like. Are you gonna change your look? I, I think I need to change my look because I don't want to. I don't need to be. I don't are you, need to. Are, are you going goatee? No, of course. Are you going to do? Are no, because it's are not nineteen. Are you going to do ninety two? Are you going to do the Stetzer one? The Stetzer. Oh no, the Fu Manchu the thing. Fu Manchu no, thing? I'm not doing the Fu Manchu. No, no, that was cultural appropriation. Anyways, he shouldn't have been doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, I just don't want to look like you know. I mean, I know like okay, bald and beard is kind of like there's a lot of that, but mm-hmm. like ugh, I don't need another mm-hmm. pastor mm-hmm. who's got a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. I got my own reputation to worry about. It's bad I enough. know. I know. <sighs> <laughs> I just, uh, I'm actually, uh, yeah, I'm surprised and you look, brought in, that in, up. In this picture of James McDonald, look, it's like he's wearing Dwayne Johnson's famous outfit in that photo. <laughs> 
the black the, yep, the with, black with the, the chain. chain. Oh. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, you know, we haven't talked. We haven't talked. I since know. All that I know. Went down. You know Ouch. Yeah, no. You know. Th- didn't know we were going to bring it up on here. Why not? We talk about James McDonald. We talk about everything. Mm, you know, it's mm-hmm, what we do. Mm. All right. So, how was your weekend? Uh, I don't remember. That's the, I, I honestly don't remember if somebody were to say, what'd you do yesterday? If a cop ever said, oh, where were you on the night of the 12th? I have no idea. No idea. No idea. You would have to tell me that was the time when you and Jimmy did X, Y, and Z. Like, oh, then now I can remember that. But I couldn't, <laughs> I can't just pull it out of the ether. I have mm. to be directed. So um, I have to look at my calendar. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, okay, I went into the city. Uh, I went into the city this week to uh, meet with somebody that lives downtown. Yep, nice. And uh, one of our students, you know, he's in college. I'm there to go and hang out with him and meet him. But that just means, well, if I'm going to go all the way downtown, I'm going to go. go to the cigar lounge. Yep, I went to the Rocky Patel. Yep. And uh, posted up, got a bunch of work done there. Really cool. And then I went, you know what I did? I went what? to a Chinese buffet. Ooh, how was that? Well, it was awesome. I haven't been to a Chinese buffet in forever because yeah. none of them are around here anymore. No, no. Oh, yeah. I might yeah. have overdone it. Yeah, I'm about to say you got your fill. Oof. It was awesome. Mm, there you go. Yeah. Well, it's that, been, that, it's that, been that was, a while since I've been to a Chinese buffet. Yeah, man. Chinese trying buffet. To trying to think of the last one I went to. Yeah, it's been years since I've been to one for easily. It's easily since pre-COVID. No, I think so. I'm trying to think. I think mine might have been like 2015, 2016 out in Elgin. Yeah. That might have been the last yeah. time. Yeah. And, just, and the, finally, when you and I finally get to go to Vegas, I, I finally get to go to Vegas, hmm. everything's shut down. Cause, no buffets. Because of COVID. Oh, also, I, I just like, didn't take you to those. Yeah, but no, they were they were closed anyways. I saw them. I went to them. Oh, all right. Yeah, they were all closed because of just, COVID. They're worthless. No, I like I like a buffet. They're worthless. I like a buffet. They're like, overpriced for nothing. Yeah. No, they're they're not expensive. Yeah, they are. The food there is not expensive. I went around. I've spent money. I bought stuff there all the time. Man, it's nothing. You're crazy. You're crazy. It's like it's you, fool's you, gold. You get the lobster tower at like that, like Rio, the restaurant on top of the Rio. That's expensive. Uh, first of all, yeah, that is that is adequately priced. Yeah. Oh, but, but it's expensive. Adequately. Yeah. Adequately yeah, priced. Sure. Well, so a Bentley is adequately uh, priced. I know. I know. So expensive. that's what I'm saying. So yeah. it's like if you're looking at a house and you're mm-hmm. you got two different houses and the price points, you know, far off, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet you realize you're getting more bang for your buck per square footage. Like it's it's an analysis. It's a it's a it's an analysis. So I look at a buffet mm-hmm. and I look at the price and what you're getting. The square footage is not there. The value is not there. That's because you're trying to import your bougie foodie sensibilities on no, a buffet. I'm, I'm, no, I am just I'm that. just looking at a, at, at a cost analysis. No, you're yeah. I'm saying where am I going to spend my money? Where's the most bang for the buck? That's the one. Okay, so fifteen dollars for a buffet is outrageous to you. Uh, depends on where. Like yeah. if I, if it was a fifteen dollar Chinese buffet over in Elgin, that's adequate. Well, that would that would actually be expensive for a Chinese buffet you know, in Elgin. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think I paid. I spent less than that in Chicago at a Chinese buffet. My goodness, and that's I, a great deal. And it was big. That's a great deal. Right, so much. That's that's a great yeah. deal. But fifteen, I don't think it was fifteen over. Where'd you yeah. go? Where'd you go? The Bellagio? Yeah, I was all the connecting ones. I don't. First of all, you <laughs> you take me to that, but I don't know where I'm at. I just go. <laughs> I just, you're just like you're like, staying in this room, and I'm like, okay. I'm trying to think of which one you went, like what, Bellagio, fifteen dollars. Yeah, well, that would do, it, it showed the buffets, but they were all closed. Mm. They weren't actually operational. Mm-hmm. That's why I was disappointed. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Hey, you know what we should talk about? What are we gonna talk about? The first London Confession. Let's do it. Okay, guys. So we are going to work our way through the first London Confession. Uh, we've done the second London Confession. Oh, what, what? no! I just looked at the I just looked at the notes. Yeah, and I saw your intro. <laughs> <laughs> Old man assaults woman. <laughs> 
I didn't even like it. Didn't even clue in. <laughs> well, I didn't want to say James McDonald because I, I didn't want. Alleged. If, if you didn't know mm-hmm. that he had allegedly beat up a lady. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, continue. Allegedly. Allegedly. Punched a lady. No, no, no. All right. So first, first <laughs> oh, London man. confession. I can tell you right now. <laughs> what? Ooh, boy. Somebody allegedly punches uh, a lady in my family. They'd better not be set free on bond. Mm. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, okay. So we're doing the first London confession. Mm-hmm. We've done the second London confession. We were yep. the first. We were the first podcast to do that. Like, That's we, right. No big deal. Like, you know, it doesn't mean we were the best. It just meant we were the first. I right? mean, yeah. yeah we probably I mean, were the best, right. too. Uh, allegedly, gotta, the best. Yeah, allegedly the yeah, best. Yeah, at least if you, don't, if you like banter and stuff. Um, you know, definitely not the most scholarly. You know, no. Just simple stroll through mm-hmm. the second London confession. Mm-hmm. We've done the catechism, Baptist catechism. Yep. Now we're going to go back and do the first London confession. And maybe you're thinking like, well, why? What, what, what's the point of that? Well, for a lot of reasons. Uh, one, it's a part of our Baptist heritage, yep. right? It's a cool confession. It's a good confession. It's not a great confession in my estimation. Mm. Um, that's, in fact... Hence the, hence the second? That's why, yeah. The guys who wrote the first London, they were like, yeah, Meh. we're going to... We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna fix it. Okay. Okay. And that you know there were there are some problems with the first London Confession. It's always funny to me because I, I had a, a friend a member here at this church who's like, "Oh, you're gonna do the first London Confession? Finally, somebody's gonna do a good confession." It's like, bro, the guys that wrote this confession didn't think it was good enough to keep. They mm-hmm. they they, <laughs> they went with another yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two point Yeah, they went with the second London. But uh, six. Uh, so the first London Confession, Jimmy. When was it uh, originally written? The first year. Uh, I would say. The- 1644. That's right. 1644. And then they got, you know. A few drafts. Yeah, they they got some notes. Some additions. People didn't hear like, ah. A lot of the Presbyterians were like, hey, guys, you're. uh," Like what they're trying to do when the first London Confession comes out, they're not even trying to put together like a big comprehensive, like this is who we are. They're. I mean, to a degree they are, but they're really trying to say, hey, we are not the heretics you guys suspect us of being. Yeah. Because they thought like these these particular Baptists, like, you know, these Baptists coming out during the, you know, the 17th century out of the separatist movement, they kept thinking like, oh, you baptized only uh, believing believers. You're, you're not baptizing believers' children. You're Anabaptist weirdo heretics. Like, you know, mm. we, we should probably just kill you. And so they're trying like, like no, 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 we're, no, that, no, no, that's no. not us. So that's what they were trying to do. There, there are some problems with it, and part of the problem comes with the fact that, you know, we don't, ha- we didn't have, uh, you know, decades, you know, or a century of scholarship behind the guys' training to write. I this believe stuff. what I hear you saying is a bunch of dummies wrote the first edition. Okay, first of all, I did not say a bunch of dummies because these these guys okay, were well, smart. Mm-hmm. Biblically minded dudes, uh-huh. just uh, not scholarly. They were not. They, they were lay. They were laymen. They were untrained theologians. That that is correct. That so is correct. so this would this would this would be like. So if let's just say, let's just go ahead and throw out there, which publisher would be the one that uh, that put this out? Would it have been Crossway? Nope. Or uh, oh, I'm trying to think of a good one. Ooh. I was gonna say uh, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be founders, uh, founders, because they're Baptist. Yeah, they're Reformed. Yeah, and they're more interested in getting out. The, like all oh, these people, they're not worried about their pedigree. I'm not worried yep. about their highfalutin status. Like we need somebody to get out the stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So founders would be oppressed. That would probably have picked this up back in the day. You know, if they were around in them. Oh, I was gonna just say Crossway because of the because like, I, I would say I'm sorry, like. Founders a bit step above when it comes to a bit more understanding. Yeah, it's a crossways popular level. 
Yeah, yeah. Founders is no, popular not, level. Not, yeah, yeah. I mean, but founders I, I, is a step above but, popular level. Okay, let's it's, be it's, honest here. Come in on. terms of publishers, founders is many rungs below Crossway in terms of publishers. Well, publishing uh, status, but yeah, I'm saying but that is just status, but, but capabilities. Saying, but I'm yeah, and everything else. Okay, yeah. but theologically, theologically, yes, founders theologically is, yeah, many be a rungs lot above. more robust, yeah. right? Uh, because they're, they have more. Who'd be like the higher academic? What would you, Baker? Well, well, Baker? used to be used to be Baker, right? Baker Academic used to be really quite quite there and you get academic stuff coming from a lot of different places Zondervan academic I don't know I'm just trying so to think of some of the Jimmy's point ones. is is that the guys that wrote the confession were like godly sincere you know reformed Baptist guys or particular Baptists yes. but you know they weren't these trained theologians that had spent years in the academy and all of that and so it just wasn't the 1644 version just had problems yeah. and um, and so they got a lot of pushback updated it in 1646 um, here's a quote uh, from, uh, I guess, the preface of it. It says, the first edition uh, was published in 1640, the second edition corrected and enlarged uh, was published in 1646. Um, okay, so here it is. A confession of faith of seven congregations or churches of Christ in London, which are commonly but unjustly called Anabaptists, published for the vindication of the truth and the information of the ignorant, likewise for the taking off of those aspersions, which are frequently both in pulpit and print, unjustly cast upon them. Printed in London, anno 1646. Mm. So they're saying, like, listen, we, we're, we're doing this to correct and enlarge what was written in 44. Yep, yep. Because there, there were some problems. And uh, we're doing this because we need people to know who we are and what we're not. Very good. Very good. Very, Very good. important. Also, the book that we're going to tell you to read. So you should pick up, we'll have links to all this stuff, but... Pick up a copy. Ooh, sorry, I don't have mine here. I took it home. Yeah, uh, pick up a copy of the second London or the first London Confession. Um, all my, I don't know even know. Oh, hold on, I see them. yours. Hold on. So, anyways, uh, we also want you to get Vindication of Truth, which is uh, Doctor Renahan's uh, Baptist Symbolics Volume One. It's his. Um, uh, thank you. It's his uh, commentary on the First London Confession. So you, you want to get a good copy of the First London Confession. So do that. And you know that we're going to promote um, particular Baptist heritage books for that. So be sure and get that nice cloth-bound hardcover. And then get Jim Renahan for the Vindication of the Truth, Baptist Symbolics Volume 1. That is going to set you straight yep. as you get into it. Okay. So... Jimmy, we're gonna we're gonna break this down. We're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna take a super long time uh, going through like all of these because we're the lay dummies. Yeah, we're, we're we, the we, dummies. we are the 1644s. We're we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're 44s. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you'll see there's um, there's just 52 uh, chapters or um, articles in this confession, and so we're looking at Article One, Chapter One on God. You want to read that, Jimmy? Sure. Uh, the Lord our God is but one God whose subsistence is in himself, whose essence cannot be comprehended by any but himself, who only hath immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, who is in himself most holy, every way, infinite, in greatness, wisdom, power, love, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, who giveth being, moving and preservation to all creatures. I love it. I got to be honest, man. That that article, especially as we're getting towards the end, it sounds like that psalm. Oh, I always forget which one it is. We sang it today. We sang it today at, at church. Uh, what, mm. I, don't, I don't have my Bible on me. But anyways, um, it, it, this makes me want to sing. I just, I love hearing, you know, these clear yep. explorations of um, 
of, of who God is. Now, when you look at this, Jimmy, you know, this is the very first article yeah. in the first London Confession. Yep. Do there, you notice anything that's different about there, yes, there's this a, compared to the second London Confession? Well, yeah, because the second London Confession uh, begins with Scripture. Oh, yeah. Begins with Scripture. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we talk about the... Uh, we talk about God, the it's self-existence yeah. of God. Wah, wah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Why is that wah, wah? <laughs> yeah, this is just our scripture. You know, this is a good place to start. Like that's, that's the authority. Presuppositional. With, yes. Yeah. He's yes. going to go with the scripture <laughs> to put it all together. But again, they're, what they're trying to do here is they're trying to establish quickly. Hey, listen, uh, we, we believe in the one God of the Bible. We believe in the Trinity. We're, we are Orthodox. That's really what they're trying mm. to establish here. And so, you know, as, as you kind of look at this, like it's dealing with the self-existence of God. The Lord, our God is but one whose subsistence is in himself, right? That's right. So, you know, God is, he exists. He, um, he is dependent on no one, right? It's that, um, no beginning, no end. Yeah. Nothing else, you know, was created outside of him. Yeah. He, he is, this is the doctrine of a seity, like his, his self-existence. Um, and so it is, uh, th- and this word subsistence is, you read Renahan on this because he does a good job of sort of unpacking this for people um, because it can mean essence or, um, or more than that. But the idea here is that he is dependent on no one. He is completely self-existing, mm. uh, which sets him apart. Um, and you can look at you know passages like uh, Jimmy. You want to look up Isaiah forty four verse six. Yep, one second. And um, and these are these are some of the scriptures that the confession points to. And um, in First Corinthians uh, one eight, we read uh, we read this. First uh, Corinthians eight six. I mean, uh, f- for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. Right, what about... Uh, yeah, Isaiah 44, 6 uh, reads, uh, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me, there is no God. So again, we're starting off like these foundational things and, uh, you know, the self-existence of God, the, the incomprehensibility of God, right? Mm. Whose essence cannot be com- comprehended by any but himself, who only hath immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto. So God is self-existent, incomprehensible, right? He is He is transcendent and other. This is our God. And they're, they're, they're articulating this in a way, and they're pulling from different resources as they articulate this, um, like any good Christian would do, right? We don't want to just live in a vacuum and come up with our own stuff. We, mm-hmm. we work within the larger framework of Christian history. Mm. So they're doing that to say like, okay, God is self-existent. He's incomprehensible. And then they get to this list of attributes and it's really like standard Orthodox biblical stuff. Yeah. Uh, most holy, every way infinite in greatness, wisdom, power, love, merciful and gracious, long suffering and abundant in goodness and truth who giveth being moving and preservation to all creatures, man. So he is the creator, God, the sovereign God, the, 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 the God who is providentially governing all things you know, in him, there's wisdom, power, and love, mercy. Great. There, there are so many passages, and we've talked about them before on the, on the podcast, that highlight these various attributes of God. Um, in, the, in the Baptist um, catechism, 
right? Also in the Westminster Shorter Catechism, it says that God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchanging in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth, right? So these are things that Presbyterians, Congregationalists, Baptists have in common. We understand God to be a particular God, mm. and this is defined by Scripture, now the real the, the question for for us in any of these sections, and this is how we want to encourage you to to read uh, the first London Confession uh, as well as the second London Confession. We want to encourage you to read it thoughtfully with your Bible in hand. Mm -hmm. um, but you should ask yourself at every for every paragraph for for every article um, or chapter, like what should this be producing in me? Like what are the what is the appropriate response? of my heart to these truths. Now, what, what comes to your mind, Jimmy, when we start talking about like the way we should, because the reason I bring this up is because it's mm. going to be easy to go, oh yeah, I got that was it. Good. I'm going to memorize that. I'm going to yeah. get the facts down. It's good stuff. Mm -hmm. got, got the, I got the answer. Yeah, I can't wait to, you know, spit that out later. It's the answer key. Yeah. Got the answer key. Yeah, so when somebody, you know, says something, I could just draw. It's like, I, I have, I only have a couple of, uh, like two or three, um, from the Baptist Catechism memorized, right? I have like two or three responses memorized. The rest of them I obviously do not. Um, and it's really easy to just quote it and say, oh, I got a good answer here. Mm -hmm. uh, the question needs to be, you know, is this a truth that I merely confess or articulate uh, to, by way of, you know, giving an answer to somebody or is it something that I confess because I believe it in my heart and it's bearing fruit in my life? When we're reading a confession, Jimmy, this article in particular, mm -hmm. what should be some of our responses? Well, I think, you know, one of the natural responses is to be in awe of God, right? Like that, you know, uh, as it's as the confession is laying out uh, these truths about God, mm -hmm. it should be welling up inside us this this sense of worship and awe, right? Mm -hmm. Like that God is like you just said he is he is self-existent right there's nothing nothing that that came before him there's nothing that will come after him there's nothing that propelled him into being he mm. is right and we can never understand him completely our finite yeah minds i mean even even as we look in scripture how has he even interacted with us in, in some ways and describing himself like, while using you know language of, yeah. of hands and feet and eyes yeah. and ears right like just so that we could comprehend in some small way way it's who so he big. is and what he does and his character and his his being he is so infinite right yeah he's infinite and the fact like you said that he would condescend to talk to us in a way that we could understand he's got to stoop down and talk to us like we're dumb kids because yep. we are like we're all being published by crossway <laughs> like, we're <a> bunch of, <laughs> like we're a bunch of 1644s <laughs> By the way, I'm not. I, listen. Oh, I know. Any I'm of sorry. those guys would would wreck us theologically. I'm not. I'm not. Saying no, here that. he I'm is. Joking around. Someone is joking contractually around. obligated. Oh, I'm not to talk nicely about Crossway. I know. No, go I'm ahead. Don't, about, here we no, go. I was talking about the 1644. Oh, okay. There you go. No, Never mind. I'll make fun of Crossway. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. <laughs> well, I figured maybe you're contractually obligated there. No. I mean, all, all your friends. I mean, I, can, I know I, they're gone now, I but could, I can pretty much say what I want. What do you mean? My friends are gone. You know. I mean, how old are you? Fifty. 500? Yeah. I'm 50. 50, baby, which means you're 40. You know, I'm getting there. You know, what's worse than 50 is 40. 40, 40, 40 is the new 20, bro. Uh, four, yeah. 40 is yeah, the new 20. Yeah, not for you. Darn it. <laughs> yeah, that's where like beautiful people in Hollywood, that, they get to say that. that, that regular right. guys like us. 40 uh, is the new 80? Yeah. 40 is just... 
40 is just a sad 35 for us. That's all that it is. <laughs> um, so I, I love that. Like the awe, like you were saying, the, the the worship, because God is so big and we get to know something about him. Like, And I know what it's like. You get familiar, you get you know kind of accustomed to these, these words and these ideas mm-hmm. about God. But if you take the time to read the word and take the time to contemplate who God really is, it really does, like you said, well, something up inside of you that makes you want to worship because he is great. He has made himself known and he doesn't, yep. he doesn't destroy us. Instead, he saves us. Mm. And I was also thinking like a, a good response is always like obedience, right? Because if he is the God that inspires awe, if he is um, the God that we worship, then obedience is supposed to be the natural byproduct. Yeah. Right? And that's, we talked a lot about that today in our uh, Sunday sermon about, you know, responding to God and, and obedience. And it, you know, it, I, I think for a lot of people, we, we almost divorce obedience from who God is. It's like, oh, I'm supposed to obey, and because uh, that's the rules. There's mm-hmm, rules I got to mm-hmm, follow, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna I'm gonna obey the rules, and you know I'm gonna do the thing. I'm gonna do the thing I'm supposed to do. When if you understand, like, no, God, God's calling you to obey Him in a very in your life, in your specific context, and He has therefore preordained good works for you to walk in every day. It's not just like, hey, here are my rules, and he gives us a kick and and says, get out there and do them. He literally lays out our good works for us every day for us to walk in because he's he's intimately involved in all the details of our lives. And so it's like, yeah, well, we're all called to forgive those who sin against us, and we're all called to love our enemies, and we're all called to be patient in affliction. Um, But in your particular life, you're going to have certain specific good works or acts of obedience that God has called you to that are going to be somewhat different than another person's. And when you see it that way, like, no, God has, this God has laid these out for me. I don't know. It it reorients me in such a way where I want to. I'm more more inclined to obey Mm. rather than just being a bunch of rules. Mm -hmm, Exactly. You you know how I feel about rules. You break them. I don't like them. I I break them. I like Mm -hmm. to break rules. But if it's God who says, that's not just that I have rules. I have a will for you that's going to work itself out in a very specific way today. That's mm. way more appealing. Man, I want people to get the stuff. So we want you to get uh, the first London Baptist Confession of Faith uh, from Particular Baptist uh, Heritage Books and get Jim Renahan's For the Vindication of Truth. Just call it Baptist Symbolics 1. Uh, get those things. We have links to it uh, so you guys can get in on that. Jimmy, how do they, uh, how do they connect with us? Well, you can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineAndDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. We got that fresh part every Monday and Thursday. We got blog posts and video content over at the website. And we got that all-access exclusive content. Uh, we got Banter Truth on Tuesdays, Weekday Wisdom Monday through Friday. If you want to support the podcast with that exclusive commercial-free content, you want to click the link right there uh, on your podcast player that says support this podcast or head on over to doctrineanddevotion.com slash all access and sign up today. Later. Later.